Friday text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Since any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? Um, we're one and two. We're one and two. We got a bunch of fighters in that room, and um, and give up. That's not a part of this football program. Get out of here, man. Ah, oh, love that guy. Uh, they're they're facing it. Uh, some a little of adversity right now, two and four as a football team. So is he? So yeah. it, did you see he broke his foot during the or after the game on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> what been there, done that? Is that what you're about? I to say? laugh at that, but totally something I would do. And the fact that I've made it this long in life without breaking uh, a hand or a foot kicking or hitting something in a pathetic display of anger after a poor performance in anything from video games, ping pong, Big 12 refs. Uh, football, Big 12 refs, whatever. I, I am totally that guy, not Shane Beamer. And maybe because I am that guy, I've developed incredibly uh, – durable fists and bones in my feet from from doing it <laughs> I, I uh i am curious from the text line if anyone out there has uh broken a hand broken a foot broken any bone out of frustration over the past what 18 months or so after a six and seven season consistently terrible officiating by big 12 refs if that's caused any injuries i'm going to guess yes at least a couple of people that's happened to i'm trying to remember i stomped on something at my house when I was a kid from I think I lost ping pong or something in the garage Naturally, and I yeah. stomped on something thought I tore my ACL uh whenever I stomped on whatever it was so lucky <laughs> to make it through nice uh highlights today from the press conference can I Walker Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner will all be available on Saturday against UCF so corner secondary depth as a whole um looks like it's in a pretty decent spot right now so that's good to hear and i can go ahead and um i can pull up the audio quickly you want to talk about under the radar defensive backs can i walker before he got all banged up was playing really good football coming in in some uh in some spell duty or split in time with gentry he was he was coming along pretty quickly Feels like he's created at least what two takeaways so far. Yeah. Well, he well, he, he and Kendall Dolby, I guess, have, have both been been really good. Yeah, Kenai Walker is. Uh, he's one of those corners that whenever you're a wide receiver and you break the huddle, and you jog out there, it's like, what in the hell is this cyborg that's defending me right now? He is huge. He's one of the better looking players in a uniform that we've got. Um, we've got some <laughs> injury submissions on the text line. Ohio Sooner <laughs> says, I tore a hamstring at the gym watching us lose to Tech last year. <laughs> you, were, you were getting a workout in at the gym during the Tech game last year? That was a night game, too. 
That okay. sounds like a that sounds like a straight leg. You know how you're gonna do like a, a down kick with your heel strike on something? That's what that sounds like. Try to heel heel strike on something and tore the hammy. Um, this these are awesome. E freaky from Illinois didn't break a bone, but beginning a TCU week of last year, I definitely broke my rule about no left handed cigars unless it's to help with sleep. <laughs> 2005 Oregon game completely destroyed an ironing board. It's 2006, but I won't let that get. That's an amazing story. That's funny. That's uh, you know you're nervous about a football game whenever you decide to pull out the laundry and get God, some ironing no. done during the second half. It's like anything to get rid of the nervous energy. Cole and KC. When I was 11, OU lost to Baylor. That was the RG3 game. My dad came in my room and I punched the door frame. He responded. <laughs> Well, oh, you lost, and now your hand hurts. That wasn't smart. <laughs> I've never hit anything again. Uh, we've already done enough damage here. No reason to compound it. Drew from Flower Mound. Tyler, the gym is therapy for, therapy for some people, so it makes sense. Yeah, maybe I should have tried that last year. No kidding. Yeah. We need. We should give out uh, ref, um, like, approved or licensed uh, heavy bags, well, heavy bags for people to punch and kick with poor performances. Mark from Enid says, truck ran out of gas when I was 16, so I kicked the truck when I was 16, which makes a ton of sense because it was obviously the truck's fault. <laughs> uh, broke index and right hand and left thumb after the Iowa State loss. I mean, I was kind of kidding when I brought that up, but we've got about 10 texts about injuries that have happened during games here, and this is just recently. 2020 a game, Texas game, screamed and threw so much around the house, was sure the neighbors were going to call the cops. Uh, I once punched a basketball in the air because the ref sucked. Um, <laughs> God, you guys are crazy. Uh, I kind of dig it. I, I, some think that sounds crazy. To me, it's totally par for the course. It's um, SEC ready is what it is. There's also a direct correlation between the amount of adult beverages you've had on the day and the likelihood of you to break uh, a hand punching something because oh, of a loss later. These were all fun and games. These were all fun and games and funny until I just found the worst injury of them all. Seriously, I'm about to read this to you from Tulsa Boomer. Think of a worse injury than this during a game. Mm-hmm. I stomped on a Lego during the West Virginia game last year. That is – I can feel that. I can feel that when I read it. Oh, no thanks. That's one of those where you're looking at the Lego and you're like, I need to inflict some pain on myself <laughs> somehow. And you raise your foot up and you stomp and there's like that that split second as it's happening. You're like, I know I shouldn't do this, but here it goes anyways. And then boom, in pain. Uh, Sooner Todd says he broke a lot of remotes last year. Here's one from the 918. 1997, OU lost to Texas. And I ripped off my shirt and burned it in the bathtub with my mother-in-law present. <laughs> burned it in the bathtub? That is incredible. Wow. I wonder how, right. oh, man. Listen, Okay. Let's put a stop to this. You guys are really changing our perception of you guys, okay? You don't want to tell these oh, stories. Oh, well, uh, you know, Twitter already thinks OU fan is crazy and salty and unsophisticated and, and all that. Um, I'm sure they would have an opinion on this as well. Matt Leinert would have an opinion on OU fans once again if he would read the text line right now. What a dork he is. Did you see that yesterday? Well, I did. I saw the sophisticated fan reference. I mean, 
I, it, what was that? It was in reference to Lincoln Riley and USC, right? This isn't like the Oklahoma fan base. These are sophisticated fans. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting. <laughs> I don't. I don't think saying that you have a sophisticated fan base is the own that they think it is. I. What does a sophisticated football fan look like? There's no such thing. The better the fan, like the more raw and real it is, not sophisticated. That's a weird way to put it. Yeah, what do you think of when you hear sophisticated, uh, like a sweater vest tied around the waist? Is that is that what you want? Slacks at a football game, sweater vest tied around? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, if sophistication. I would never eat a stadium dog and drink a beer at the same time. No thank you. Disgusting. You got better taste well, than that. Yeah. Well, if sophistication is what it's called whenever you've got a bad football program for over a decade, then I don't want any part of it. I, who are the best programs in the country? Do you think Alabama has a sophisticated fan base? Uh, I know Alabama does not have a sophisticated fan base. and No, I, I agree, man. Uh, you know who does? I bet Northwestern. Has a really sophisticated fan base. North Carolina, Duke, probably have a very sophisticated fan base. Sure. There's like an inverse correlation between how sophisticated your fan base is and how horrible of a football program you if are. If being sophisticated means not throwing the opponent's football out of the stadium after they kick an extra point, I, I mean, then I don't want any part of that. Uh, right. that's, that's, that's who I want to be surrounded with. Fans that are so petty they throw the football out of the stadium when the opponent scores. That's what I like. Yeah, you have to be good in order to have any amount of passion from your fan base. I a, a team that sucks routinely, they don't have people that burn their shirts in the bathtub at their mother-in-law's house after a loss, okay? Yeah. Um, That's only good programs have Let's that. put a sophisticated football fan as a former head football coach, and I like this one. This is what I was trying to kind of get to. Does football sophistication look like Jim Trestle? Most of you will remember Jim Trestle, the sweater vest at Ohio State. Yeah, that's that. I think we're getting. I think we're getting warm when we talk about football sophistication. Hey, say what you want about the sweater vest and the sophistication. Um, it was all a front on the back end. He's okaying and trying to hide uh, players getting free benefits out there. That's how you have to run a championship program, let's be honest. S. Rob Booman says sweater vests wrapped around the waist with a scarf around the neck and sunglasses on top of their head. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we got him pegged here. Bernie- well, sophistication means you, you show up for your first home game of the year only whenever you're 8-0. I, uh, uh, like after the, after the, everything's rolling and it looks like it's going to be a good year, you start to show I up. I feel good about our submissions for most sophisticated fan base. Northwestern, North Carolina, and Duke. Mm-hmm. Least, sophisticated, least sophisticated fan base. Is it West Virginia? Is it? I mean, they do burn couches after the game. Is it LSU? Who, who, would, be, who would be the least? Because that's something to strive for. Uh, LSU, LSU is a good one. That chant West Virginia had. When they played Pitt. Uh-huh. To Sweet Caroline. Yeah. That is a very high-quality um, show of lack of sophistication. But uh, kind of like you said, 
the less sophisticated you are, really, the better it is. <laughs> we want less thinking, more doing. 918 Texas football sophistication. Wear tight undershirt to hide man boobs. See Sark. <laughs> ah. with, the, uh, with the faux hawk as well. Got to throw that in there. Um, Almost a sports bra type of fit for Sarkeesian. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, here's all the submissions here. Every Philly team. Love the way you think, Sugar Shane, for, for least sophisticated. Boy, I guess. Arkansas, LSU's getting a ton. Tech is getting a ton. Oklahoma State's getting a ton. Fresno State got a vote from Okie Tom. That's that's interesting. I, I Fresno? About that. Yeah. 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 So You know, it is interesting um, – like a good fan base is whenever you show up and you know at some point during the day there's going to be absolutely the most cringeworthy moment you've ever seen from your own fans. Take, for example, the Bills Mafia, right? Great fan base, least sophisticated fan base there is. But it's great. You They throw uh, adult toys out onto the field during play Mm -hmm. against the Patriots and they drunkenly dive off of buses onto um, fold out. Well, how about the guy that was uh, drunk on LSD and fell inside the porta potty, climbed his way out and then like tackled a security guard or police officer, something like that. Something crazy. Or, or, you know, he flipped off the helicopter that was flying above him. Wasn't he he running through like a construction site or something? (laughs) Yes. The bills (laughs) (laughs) least sophisticated. There you go. Uh, wow. Man, uh, Saturday night, though, was – you were out yesterday, but it, it was amazing. It was just um, – everything that we thought that they were going to be, it was – it was OU fans were right is what Saturday night felt like. It's what it was. We won. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was interesting to watch that unfold. Uh, the score – is if you didn't watch the game, you would say, "Uh uh-oh, USC's defense strikes again. I actually thought their defense played pretty well. Good enough. uh, Yeah, good enough. Considering. And and it's like the most lopsided score and giving up the most points they've given up all year. And, you know, Caleb Williams was bad. There's no way to spin it. Three bad interceptions. I think all of them were in the first half, weren't they? And they all led to touchdowns. Then they give up right. the big special teams play. Mario Williams fumbles. They return it back for a touchdown. It was just um, – it, it, it was all glorious. Um, but Sean, asked, Sean texted me earlier about um, Cliff Kingsbury. It says, Cliff is Cliff on staff or is he an analyst at SC? I didn't think analysts could be on the field during games, but he was front and center on Saturday. Yeah, he's front and center. He's been there all year. I'm not exactly sure – what he's listed as and they've changed some of the some of the rules i think they can be there i just don't think they can be on headset right yeah he's a senior offensive analyst is what he yeah. is at usc kind of like set the trail i think is the same thing and he's on the sidelines and he's on the sidelines but he's not on headset i believe so well, they need yeah. him on headset or some other people. Maybe that – I don't think it's even going to matter. We need you, Utah. Utah, you were our uh, second favorite team in college football last year. You did it to them twice. If they lose at home to a Utah team without Cam Rising, 
Um, it was bad last week. It could be even worse for Omulsu uh, this week. And I yeah. hope it happens. God, I hope it happens. Well, I, I, you know, I think the the real issue for them is going to be can, can they hang on to their football team? You know, I think that's that's one of the problems is all the perception, all the talk out there, uh, what's going to happen whenever things – you just you lost a game to a, a good Notre Dame team. Can you regroup, rally, and stay together? All right, quick timeout. Hour number two, the rush continues here from the falls at Brookhaven next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the... When can be a part of their school's performing arts. There are countless opportunities for students to participate, from theater, choir, and band, to speech and debate. The bottom line? If you want to perform, there's a place for you. This message presented by the NFHS and the OSSAA. There's plenty that we didn't play great, and Texas um, played well in, in many spots. But, man, we can play so much better. That's the, the, where I feel good, if you will, not satisfied, but I feel good as as the head coach is that I, as I look at our team and all the different areas of our team, and we're 6-0, and but, man, we can play so much better. We have not played our best four quarters of football together in one game yet. And uh, and we're going to. There's head coach Brent Venables from Rudy's last night. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Was that your main takeaway from Brent last night, or did he say something else that uh, caught your eye even more, caught your ear even more? Um, no, I think that that was, that was pretty much it. You know, he was pretty, like I, like I expected, he was, you know, stated pretty obviously that they have, uh, number one, as a staff, shown them that there were plenty of mistakes in that game. And while it was a great win and something to be proud of, in no way is it worthy to take your foot off the gas in any in any form to, to say that we're where we need to be to go win a championship. I, I don't think that, I don't even think the team has felt that way at all, you know, which is, I think, good. You know, I, I, this doesn't feel like a team that is ready to, to start to settle, feeling like what they've accomplished up to this point is, is good enough. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel good about it moving forward. You never know when something may show up and, and you're, you know, you're, you're, not playing your best and and guys are for whatever reason not showing up and it's just it's not clicking that day i mean that can happen anywhere but i don't think it's going to happen because they've felt like they don't it's not yeah. worth their attention well i mean in in every game this year for the most part like he he was saying that we haven't played our best ball but we will and i was trying to think of the game where it's felt like OU's played its best game this year i mean the best win is obviously texas but you still made so many mistakes that game. Iowa State, you won convincingly, but you had some 
defensive issues in the first half of that game, right? Cincinnati, you had some missed opportunities offensively. Tulsa, you had a couple of coverage busts in that game. SMU, you didn't run the ball like you thought you would. Arkansas State, does that really count? Because we remember that, even though you won 73 nothing that game. But you know what I mean? Like, every game that I look at, I agree with him because I say, there hasn't been a game where I've walked out where I've said, oh yeah, that's the best of what this team is capable. They played well in a lot of spots, but... I don't think yeah. anything close to their real potential. You know, that is interesting. I don't know. What is their best game? Maybe Tulsa, but there was some some defensive issues. Like in the second quarter, it was not a good defensive effort. Offensively, yeah. they were awesome that day, though. Yeah. Man. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what their best performance is. It's a good question. Really good question. I'll have to think about that. Iowa State? Yeah. I mean, that the way that they closed that game, and given that I think they're probably the third best team in the Big 12, at least for one week, that, that could change uh, next week. That's that's probably I, – I would say that that's probably it, the yeah. way that they dominated that game. And it could have been far worse than the uh, 50 points that they scored that night if they wanted it to be. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I mean that's and that's not a negative thing. I think that that is bringing like that's bringing it up to to, to potentially get you even more excited about this year's team. That they're yeah. six and zero, they have a really good win, one of the best wins in the country, and they just haven't we haven't seen their true potential maybe just yet. Right. Well, I don't know. I'm. Um, I I think it is a good thing that. It, it feels like this team is in a spot to where they're going to continue to to be able to focus on <laughs> on performing each and every week because there's there's been enough mistakes to keep their attention right and to show up on Monday with a a reel of of plays that they absolutely need to get better at and you know I. I don't know. I I think everything feels like it's in a good spot. You know, I kind of hate to I hate to say that because I know as soon as you feel that way, and I'm I'm not saying it's necessarily in a good spot because of um like where they're at. I feel like they're in a good spot because I fully expect them to continue to focus on getting better and improving. Well, ha- have that like I like this text from Okie Tom. OU has gotten better every week, which is expected of BV teams. Texas talent was way higher than the previous opponents, so Texas is the best performance. Do you feel like from week one to, I mean, we haven't seen this team in, what, a week and a half now, I guess, but do you feel like every single week, for the most part, they've improved week in and week out? Or or has that been an issue for this team? Yeah, you know, I don't feel like they've... um, I think overall, as an entire team... I think you can say that they've moved forward each and every week. But I do think that while overall you move forward on a week, uh, you may have, you know, taken a step back in the running game or taken a step back in special teams or, you know, it's not uniform across the board, if that makes sense, but everyone keeps pushing forward. I. I wouldn't. I, I don't think special teams was all that great against Texas, right? You obviously you got the punt block for a touchdown that was horrible, but there were some other things that were that were decent. 
Like, I don't expect that to continue to be the case. I would expect that this next week we're going to have a, a large improvement in special teams with, with focus in that area. And while that's the case for this week, uh, you may see um, like Dylan Gabriel, who's played two really good games in a row. I, maybe he doesn't have his best game of the season, and maybe he steps back a little bit. You know, I, I think that there's going to be um, some individual areas every week that either look like they vastly improved or look like they took a step back from the previous week. As long as the entire group's moving forward, which I think is what's yeah. happening, I think we're okay. Well, um, yeah, everyone's going to be watching special teams. Uh, Everyone watches it every week, but like way more focused on special teams this week after what happened against Texas. And and this is really a, just kind of an open question to the text line, but what do you need to see? What would make you feel better about special teams moving forward that you could see? Just no complete disasters? Just like solid play all around? Every field goal that you attempt, you knock it through? No block punts? Um, your punt, probably more than anything, it would be your punting looking a whole lot better. And not having, you know, 30-yard punts, you know, something like that. I guess right. that factors in pretty heavily. But what, like, yeah. what, what, what would make you feel better about special teams this Saturday? I'm, I'm just solid play all around, something um, specifically. I, for, for me, it's probably just the punt game more than anything. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the, the, the punt team obviously needs to – needs to be much better um let's see improvement uh by the way while you're thinking of that the first response was just punting in all caps slim brady says a punt into the end zone so the opponents don't start their drive at the 50 uh 405 plaster just having a complete game with solid punts key to special teams is to have zero disasters no punting at all would be best for special teams so the word punt is showing up quite a bit here. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing uh and I know we've kind of been a, a mantra throughout the season, but I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing the run game take a big leap this week. And I've got a feeling it does. Um I there's no doubt that our our running game has not been to the level that we thought it was going to be this year. But I will say, between Cincinnati, Iowa State, and Texas, and maybe you can even throw SMU in there to some degree, I think we've seen some of the better front sevens that we're going to see this year during the regular well, season. And then Saturday is one of the more gettable defensive fronts that you're going to see so far right. this year. So I expect that we're going to find a different gear in the running game. Maybe that doesn't happen. I hope that it does. Um, I'll change my answer about what I need to see from special teams. Um, what will make me feel better is if the guy or gal doing kicking for chicken doesn't look <laughs> like the best kicker on the field that day. That right. would help out quite a bit. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, we we need a uh, we need a, a a good game punting, and we need a good game field goal kicking. Which field goal kicking hasn't been bad, but we did miss the one in in the Texas. Just wasn't game. a good miss. I know the wind was blowing, but just to come up that short 
on what was yeah. that about a 42, 45 yard or whatever it was. It was just like in and, and, and a, and a terrible time because that felt like that could put that could have put the game away at that point. Yeah. Went up 10. And Coach Vittables talked about that last night at Rudy's. You know, he said that that came in a really bad time of the game because I think you, you had had, I think, four or five drives right there in a row offensively that didn't end the way that you wanted them to. Correct. Like, so that kind of dumped gas on the, uh, on the missed field goal. Let me, uh, let, let me read a few miss more. Some. Peyton says yeah. a 40-yarder being short is just insane, man. Blue of Green Country says, number one, kick it far away from the return guy. Number two, hang time and y- long yardage kicks. Uh, better hang time and yards per punts. 40-plus yard punt, make all the field goals. So, I mean, I can continue to roll down these texts. You get the point. People want to see better punting on Saturday. So yeah. that's not a surprise. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, I mean, part of that is... Yeah, absolutely. We've got to get better punting the football. And the other part is, hey, you've got a good football team whenever you're 6-0 and and the text line's filled up with uh, when you've got problem areas, punting's the number well, one Hey, we thing. got a punter that's better on campus? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a lot of that's going on. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty far down the list of typically complaints that you get. So... Oh, it's a, it's a hell of a lot better than spot. last year. That that's for sure. It's it's so much better than he. Anything uh, yeah, last year we year were ago. six and seven and and had a great punter, a guy that could destroy the ball. So maybe it's a fair trade off. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from the falls at Brookhaven. Stop in, check them out here. They've got tons of available units that are excellent. They're all kinds of different floor plans. The amenities are fantastic. Uh, good stuff here. Come and check them out. Falls at Brookhaven. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Attention basketball fans. Get ready for an electrifying season with the defending Big 12 champion Oklahoma women's basketball team. Tickets are on sale now and start at just $99. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? A Yalagosny Law communication is a priority. That's Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. How good are the Rangers? Um, well, they're really good, and they haven't lost a postseason game up to this point. Uh, they were the Vegas, I think going into the championship series for both leagues, they were mm-hmm. the favorites to win the World Series, and winning their first two games in Houston, I, I doubt that that's changed. They're, they are hot. They are playing extremely well. Yeah, they, uh, they swept the Orioles, and then up 2-0 on Houston, um, playing the first two games in Houston. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Now, what, game three is Wednesday. And isn't Verlander going to – or not Verlander, but uh, isn't Scherzer going to throw? I think so. It, doesn't it feel like we're on a collision course with the Rangers and Phillies in the World Series? Yeah, kind of does. Kind of does. Um, what's the – uh, have, what's the Phillies Diamondbacks? What's that one right now? Well, uh, Schwarber hit a bomb 1-0. last night. Bryce Harper hit a bomb, I think, in the first. That's one zero. Yeah, dude, Harper is. I know it's so annoying. Lighting it up right now, and I know you hate to thank, see that. Thank the but, Braves for that for talking some smack in the clubhouse. Um, did you see? 
Aaron Rodgers, and I know it was it was pregame and it was super like casual, but standing out there throwing footballs on yep. the sideline, yep, dude, yep. I don't know what they did with this surgery for this guy, but it's incredible. They said he is ahead of schedule, but still has a lot of a lot of things to to work through. But he's going to start jogging soon. That's kind of the next goal. Um, start transferring weight, kind of side to side, ahead of schedule, and he he's. Claims he's coming back this year, which I think is. If they're in contention, I think they will. Like, they're not going to win that division. The Dolphins or the, the Bills will win that division. Both those two teams will be playoff teams. But at 3-3, three and three, like, you almost beat the Chiefs. You did beat the Eagles. If they got a chance at one of those wild card spots at the end of the year, I think Aaron Rodgers does come back. I know, which is crazy to think about. Um, you know, their their defense is so good that I feel like no matter what, um, whenever he would be able to come back, like they're going to be close. Um, they're 500 right now, which, you know, with Aaron Rodgers going down on, on like the third play of the game to start the season, I wasn't too sure that they would, you know, be able to get to 500 six games in, but here they are, which is, is really impressive. Last thing I've got, Julio Jones yeah. to Philly. How about that? Yeah, what, just on a one-year deal or, or probably for the mm-hmm. rest of the season. Um, have they had some? Bit of juice. Have they, they had some injuries at wide receiver? Because feels like they've got um, pretty good wide receiver play. But maybe I'm clearly missing something. If you're bringing in Julio Jones, well, maybe they just need a, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, you know uh, a spark there. They put that Watkins guy on injured reserve and um, with a hamstring injury, and they've been working out some guys to come in, but they end up going uh, with Julio Jones. So, I mean, they've got a big-name wide receiver core with um, with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and now Julio Jones, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like the offense has clicked like it was uh, a year ago. So Still Bill, time, though. ESPN's Bill Conley does his uh, college football rankings every single week yeah. with his own formula. Well, he doesn't rank just the D1 teams this week. He ranks D- FBS all the way through Division Three, so one mm-hmm. through 665 of college football teams Jeez. in the country. OU is ranked number seven. OSU is ranked 44th. Tulsa is 98th. East Central is 372nd. UCO is 377th. Southern wow. Nazarene is uh, 393. Southeastern Oklahoma State is 424. Oklahoma Baptist is 434. Southwestern in Weatherford is 492. Northeastern State is 511. And Northwestern Oklahoma State is ranked 552nd. Hey. So pick it up, Northwestern. Come on, what are you doing? Let's go. Not bad. No one in the sixes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 665 teams and nobody in the sixes. That's pretty Mm. impressive. That's pretty cool, though. Um, Think about that. His number one team? And his number 665 team, Michigan and Fitchburg State, the projected point spread would be Michigan minus 156 versus <laughs> Fitchburg State. <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. 
you know, I just don't know how you can choose between Team 531 and Team 532 in the polls. I know. These stupid polls, we got to settle it on the field, right? Uh, You brought up baseball earlier. I was going to as well. Now, my favorite baseball player growing up and still is today is Chipper Jones, greatest switch-inning third baseman of all time. But I have a new favorite Major League Baseball player. Unfortunately, he just retired, but he is my new favorite baseball player of all time. His name is Trevor May. He was a reliever for the Oakland A's. And in his speech, his retirement speech, which he did via his own podcast, he said this about the A's owner. Ah, I love that guy. How Man. about that? <laughs> it's a, called the owner uh, a dork, uh, amongst other things. It <laughs> <laughs> made me very happy. Oh, that's great. Hey, uh, can you guess who my favorite baseball player was growing up and what my baseball number was? Um, I'm going to guess your favorite baseball player was Mickey Mantle and you wore number seven. <sighs> You're pathetic. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Um, your boy, I, I don't know if it's so much your boy, it's, uh, you know, his little brother is more of your friend. Barry Odom's got it going on out there at UNLV. Yeah. I don't know if you or, or anyone else have noticed. It's been a while since they've made a bowl game out there in Vegas, but they are trending. Uh, I think they're just a one-loss team up to this point. They are 5-1, and one, beat Vandy, clobbered UTEP, Hawaii, and Nevada. UNLV's last bowl season was 2013. Before that, it was 2000. Jeez. And UNLV, Barry Odom's one went away from a bowl game. Former Oklahoman. Crazy. How about that? Yeah. Um, only loss was to Michigan, 35-7, which all things considered, not bad on the road in Ann Arbor for just your second game out there. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive stuff. Colorado State next. They still got to go to Fresno. They got to play Wyoming later and Air Force, who are both really good. Um, but that's pretty impressive. How long before Petrino is really upset that he left UNLV to go to A&M? Um, yesterday, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we're already past that. Last one I have, uh, the big conversation in the NFL today. It's not about Dak and the Cowboys going out to L.A. and winning. It's Was that Chargers fan and NFL plant last night that they kept showing on TV with all the crazy reactions? She was on the Pat McAfee show today. It seemed legit, but a lot of people are convinced, yeah, that was a plant by the NFL to show that Chargers fans do actually exist. Yeah, you know, there's – I feel like it was a plant. I feel like there's way too many things right now that are just incredibly obvious, like the Travis and – and Jason Kelsey situation with all the marketing that's going on there, there with, with the them. Phillies game last night, pounding beers. Yep, a, a bunch of marketing going on there. Um, I, it's got to be a plant because how do you how do you find it with the cameras? What 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 are the odds? And I know it happens, but the odds are low that you find the fan. And out to go there back to and, it that many times. It's not a celebrity, yeah. you know. Right, right. I. 100% a plant.
I would agree. I didn't think about it until now, but, yeah, I think that's that's right. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Join the movement. The Ref Army is growing. Don't miss a second of the Sooner coverage you want with the KREF app, the number one source for Sooner fans. Nate Barkatsi, the Be Funny Tour. I mean, Chuck E. Jesus is rough. Ask him if he's going to be available this week, possibly, hopefully. Trying to bring him along with the other guys. Um, pretty self-explanatory there. Pretty self-explanatory, but what's been nagging him? Well, he had that foot surgery in the offseason, right? Well, yes, but, I mean, he's been practicing and playing with the team since training camp. Like, he didn't miss any training camp time. Did he, did he re-injure that? Or we, maybe it's something else. Yeah, I mean, I it, and maybe that's kind of what you're now, uh, asking there is I guess it could be. I don't know if they've – I don't think Brent has said, unless I totally missed it, what the actual injury is or if he's confirmed it was the old injury. Right. Now, I you – know, we've talked about this all, you know, really since the beginning of the season that he hasn't looked the same for whatever reason. Like, it, it doesn't look like he's had the same explosiveness – and maybe that's because of that that foot or or whatever. But I mean, it's it's been an ongoing thing of since the very beginning that it, he just he he hasn't looked bad, but he doesn't look like like he looked last year. And I think we expected him to, at a minimum, look like he looked last year, and hopefully have I taken a step better. forward. Yeah, yeah, better for sure after a yeah. freshman year, but it, it's not just that he doesn't look as good as he, he didn't even look like the same player, man. Right. And, and, and what's sad is not even the same player. It's what is he like? What is he bringing to your offense right now? If you're giving him a lot of carries, not a whole lot, right? Not yeah. a whole lot of strength, not a whole lot of power. Um, hesitant. There's just not, not a lot there well, up to this point. Here's what I would say. Um, if it is an injury thing that he's working through and he doesn't feel a hundred percent, I I would say shut him down and let him get back to a hundred percent because I think we can be totally fine right now with Marcus Major and Tawi Walker carrying the load. Now, do we want more explosiveness in the run game? Absolutely. Um, and could that come from Javante Barnes? I believe it could if if he can return to his previous form. But there's there's no reason to continue to put him out there if if that's what's holding him back. But I guess I don't know enough about the whole situation to, uh, to be just able to. It's weird that it's, you yeah. know, if it was just one of the two that we thought, I mean, it's really been, it's been both of them, you know, and, and yeah. Have either of those two running backs had a highlight run this year, or a run that's made you say, "All right, they're close to being back." I can't remember one. It's really surprising. Right. I mean, I I think it's got to be one of the more, if not the most, surprising element of this team that's happened right. up to this point. I agree. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush coming up next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, K R E F, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the K R F app.